there is a group of us that go try to get together and uh, we've been doing it for many, many years. Donate blood. Just Jenny and myself and Mike were the first three that started it. We were a pretty tight-knit group. I think it got more tight-knit because we gave. Then as we got older, you know, most people couldn't give for a variety of medical reasons. We're the last four that can still give. Hi, I'm Helen Pitlick, and this is Bloodworks 101, the podcast that inspires you to give time, money, or blood. It can be hard to keep up relationships as an adult, whether through kids, career, location, or all of the above, everyone is busy. Our priorities shift. You can barely find time for yourself, let alone your friends. Today, I have a story of family, bound literally and figuratively by blood, who has found a way to get around all of this. It's about a tight-knit group who, across the decades, jobs, children, grandchildren, good times, and sad times, has met up regularly to enjoy each other's company and stay in touch. And donating blood is at the heart of it. The final four are Bob and Sue Bergman, Bob's brother Al Bergman, and their friend Guy Boggs. Between the four of them, they've donated more than 600 units. Each has a well-earned leaf on the tree of life at our North Seattle Donor Center, commemorating the 100 donation milestone. We started this back, Mike and I probably back in about 1958, 59, give them blood. And that was before they ever kept record. Bob is modest, a quality I find in many of our most dedicated blood donors. Bob, yeah, well, he's, he's basically the leader of the, I mean, with the most time and all the rest of it. And while he says he's not the best storyteller, he dives easily into conversation, especially around this group. Guy's work schedule originally dictated when the group could give. Well, it's more dissolved now, but it was evolved because of, oh, so-and-so is going to give blood. Well, hey, and they're going to go out afterwards and have a, have a pop or two and, and, uh, and get together. And Well, that sounds like fun. Let's go do it. Yeah, I can give blood. I haven't done it for years and years and years. I, I can do that. He now seems content at 79 and holding, since he didn't get to have an 80th birthday party due to COVID, to travel with his partner, Denise. His khakis and golf shirt project the image of a man of leisure. Al, A as the group calls him, feels like an icon of the old Pacific Northwest in his Dick's Burgers face mask and flannel shirt tucked into jeans, secured by a silver belt buckle. I wasn't able to get any audio of Al, which is really too bad. He's quick with jokes. And then pretty soon a fellow from Bob's work decided to give. The three of them went for a while, and then they added another guy, and we started giving together downtown, somewhere in the 80s. But some of them were friends we'd just known for years from a whole variety of reasons. Sue is, by her own admission, a talker. She has a halo of short, curly hair and glasses that emphasize her warm brown eyes. She's no-nonsense, kind, funny, and according to Bob, the one who holds the group together. She plans things, any trips you got to leave. Been back to the East Coast three times too without um, uh, GPS, and she can read a map better than I can, upside down and backwards. And so we've been quite a few miles together, and 
we get along pretty well. We've been uh, married 55 blissful years, but her dictionary evidently is different than mine because blissful seems to have a different meaning. <laughs> There's another name that keeps coming up. The other founder, Mike. Mike can't donate anymore because of his health, but is still very much a presence felt in the donor center. We've known each other since we were 12. It's for his mother that we gave blood the first time, and then someone had a sign for us to give blood. So I was only 16 or 17. I didn't know too much, but she had to have an operation. And at that time, the reason we gave blood at that time, blood cost for an operation $60 a pint. If you, it, when they did the operation, uh, that's what they charged them. If you gave blood, it was $30 a pint. She was always cold, always wore a sweater or everything. After she got the transfusion, she was warm. She never, she never had to wear the sweater again and everything all day long and stuff. And then as time progressed, Mike and I just kept going. And then, like I said, Mike can't give for medical reasons. And the last time he gave was uh, my dad died in a car accident. And uh, he said, well, I want to do this in memory of your dad. So he went down and gave blood with his son that day, and that was the last time he'd be able to go. So. Well, Mike and I uh, lived about six blocks from Targi's Tavern up on Queen Anne. It's still there, but not the people that we know have it now. And it was quite a popular tavern for a local tavern. So. Mike and I would go up on a Saturday because he had to pick up his wife at Virginia Mason on First Hill. So we'd just say, okay, uh, you know, have a few beers and let's go uh, get blood and then we'll pick up Darlene. And then later on, what we did was Mike and I and then uh, Denny, a friend of mine at work, took and uh, we st he started going with us. Well, instead of going to the tavern or anything, we waited until we um, gave blood, and then we hit the 13 coins coming down uh, off of uh, Warren. And uh, we, we, we supplied our liquids. <laughs> and that's when the wives started getting suspicious. Hey, you guys are having a lot of fun Saturday afternoons. We'd like to go too. I guess I was pretty impressed with Bob and Mike and their dedication to it. And I thought, you know, that's, why not? And it was just a case of, they were kind of my, my role models at the time. They had done it for so many years prior to me getting involved with it. And Guy was the one that, he, he when he got off at work on Tuesday, was the only night he had off. So Tuesday night became the night we knew we could give blood. So it got to be a habit. We were family and friends and we knew every eight to ten weeks we'd get together, we'd give, and then we'd go someplace after. And we'd come here and uh, be 14 to 16 of us. And they closed at nine o'clock. They were open till nine. They never they never had a um, an appointment. So we just crashed it all at once and what it took us is they got us. Good Lord, anybody was walking in could give blood. And then because of because of the HIV, because of these other situations, that the, it just got narrower and narrower and narrower. And so I'm sure that put quite a quite a drain on the blood people, you know, donations because 
got more and more restrictions. And then we go out and uh, replenish our liquids and then go and have some karaoke time, have some, it was a social event. It was a social event. Uh, we've been to Chinese restaurant in Greenwood. We used to go to the old Sea Galley in Shoreline. Uh, we went down here to the Mandarin Gate. And I kind of got to be the secretary treasurer by default. And couples threw in 20 bucks, singles threw in 10. We ordered food. Uh, we played, we sang karaoke down below. And we just visited with each other. We got together. Not everybody could do it every time, but we knew it would happen. If you missed it one time, you went the next. So we had to keep you know, track of what was going on with our friends and our family. Uh, blood Bank got lots of blood. We had people from the Blood Bank meet us over there at the Mandarin Gate afterwards. They closed the place down here. A's wife was a, is a great uh, karaoke singer and all the rest of it. So it was fun watching her and, and everybody else getting involved in it. But for me personally, no, ah, yeah, it's gonna happen. It provided us a purpose of time to get together. And that's what was nice about it. Plus the fact, we're doing good. Then as we got older, you know, People could, most people couldn't give for a variety of medical reasons. We're the last four that can still give. So it's just a habit we've gotten into. Somebody gets something good out of it. And, you know, as long as we can keep doing it. When I first heard this story, I thought of a tontine, a last person standing financial model originating in 17th century France. You may know it as a popular plot point in stories from Agatha Christie to The Simpsons. That's not what this is. They're all in it together to hang out and save lives, but it's not without a dose of friendly competition. Uh, platelets, you get two, two points. Two, two, two uh. points for platelet. That's what I was going to use to beat you. I know you were, and then I couldn't give for a little while. He comes to my, I had, had him pick up something for me or in Shalana. He comes to my house and he hands me this, it was some cereal or something. And it's in a paper bag and I'm like, oh, so I, okay. And then there's this folder in there. I said, guy, you left this folder in here. And he says, oh yeah, I know about that. Yeah, yeah, take a look at it. I had this quick giving for just two years for reasons. Anyway, his hundred certificates in there. He says, oh my, did I beat you? I guess they sent that to me. So when I got mine, I emailed it to him and told him I got it. A little competition oh, yeah. here. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Because yeah. I was the last one up on the board there, so, of the four of us. So. They don't give you grief about that, do they? No, well, they know funny. better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only woman left, yeah, they know better. We were a pretty tight-knit group. I think it got more tight-knit because we gave. And then as... People couldn't give quite so much anymore. We'd still try to see them or do something else. The group may be down to the final four, but they're still welcoming friends into the fold. Denise is Guy's partner and both the newest and youngest member of the group at a very youthful 69. I've been giving for quite a while. When I worked at Boeing, I donated. Denise brings her own dedication and reason for giving. After my mom, passed away. So she had ovarian cancer and um, went through chemo for about two and a half or three years before she passed. And so the process of the chemo would reduce her platelet count. 
And so just in honor of her after she passed away, I decided to start doing that. When Guy and I got together, um, he told me about this group, and so I just come along with him and donate at the same time he does. I'm just kind of along for the ride because it's just convenient for me because when he goes, I go. And it's just something that he's always felt really good about doing. It's obviously really important to him, and he's got these lifelong friendships because they've gotten together for so many years to do this. And I'll usually, when I'm done donating, or while I'm donating, I'll post on Facebook, give if you can, with a tag to the blood bank. So I just think it's a really positive way for people to help, and it doesn't take that much time or effort. I don't think people realize how important it is. And so where do you think your life would be without this group? Well, I don't, I probably obviously wouldn't have given as much blood as I, as I had, but uh, it's the, because though, because of that, uh, I personally have had an issue where I couldn't give blood because here at the blood bank, they told me, guy, you can't give blood anymore. And so I went to the doctor and there was an issue that through the blood telling me I couldn't do it, I went to a doctor, the doctor says, yeah, you got a problem there, son. And, and after a period of time and no blood, the problem got corrected. <coughs> Hence, I was able to give blood again. So I kind of owe the blood bank a little bit now. And because of that, and to go back to the friendships of everybody, everybody was supportive of it. Oh, guy can't get blood this time, but he'll come back, he'll come back, and he'll come back. So that's, that's the answer is they were supportive when I couldn't, and it's embracing when I can. It's just, we always felt better after giving blood. I mean, it's not felt better because we gave blood. It just felt better when we, when they, just physically it felt better. So anyhow, we try to keep it up as much as we can. And sometimes you get a call specifically for your type of blood, which is kind of nice because you know you're actually giving to a particular person who needs what you have. So all it does is take your time. And you're helping somebody out you may never know. It's nice because every once in a while you'll get a note from the blood bank or something. You've helped 300 people with your donations that you'll never know. And of course, every once in a while they'll send the information blood bank. I know, about a child or an adult or someone else and that you might have helped. And again, it didn't cost you anything. You, and someday one of us may need it and we will appreciate the fact that somebody else was willing to give to help us out. Yeah, like, there's, there's so many ways that friends stay in touch, you know, like going to a baseball game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, because none of us were maybe into sports that much or get together or the wives didn't like sports and everything. So blood just happened to make work out really well for us. And uh, Susie, was, my wife was the one that uh, took and uh, she more or less organized. She says, okay, we're going to get blood on such and such a day. We got to set up and we made sure everyone was ready and everything. So. She's very well organized, uh, more than me, so. Uh, we all fell into this, okay? But you might be able to plan and say, hey, 
let's ask so so and so let's all get together let's make our appointments and let's go out afterwards oh let's go and have something to eat let's if we can let's do this call up a few friends and say uh, hey you know i've been thinking maybe it'd be maybe we should try giving blood and uh just just make a evening of it or afternoon but i mean that's how that's how things form and so that's yeah it, we, we just became closer and and we're all great friends and we all look out after each other and if we can't make it one time then we'll reschedule for another time till we can all get there and so and there's a little competition too because we all wanted to get out on the wall we're all on the wall now so it's uh it's it's uh it's been friendly it's been wonderful thank you for listening we'll be back soon with another episode of floodworks 101 be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it and maybe call up a friend or two and make an appointment to catch up while saving lives We'll see you next time.